you're tuned in to the Planetary Podcast, where you will meet the global leaders and innovators making a positive change on our planet. Covering topics like sustainability, climate change, and circular economy, the Planetary Podcast highlights sustainable solutions around the globe that inspire others to make a measurable difference. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of the Planetary Press, Kimberly White. Hello, and welcome to the Planetary Podcast. Today, we are joined by Ingmar Rintog, founder of We Don't Have Time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Kimberly. You and the We Don't Have Time team are doing a fantastic job bringing global awareness to the climate crisis. Before we get started on that, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got started in the climate movement? Yes, actually, my background is that I've not been an environmentalist or anything like that. And I'm an entrepreneur. I've been working with creating businesses my whole grown-up life. And previously, I worked in the finance industry where I helped uh, financial companies, big banks and insurance companies, etc., to communicate. And we were at most uh, 50 employees at the last company I was running. And the reason why I sold that company and don't work in finance anymore is that I started to read about the climate crisis when I became a father myself. That was actually nine years ago when I got my first child. And uh, I started to read about the future, a bit longer time perspective. And I read a lot about the climate change and all that. And I realized that the problem is so much more severe than most people was aware of back then. So that was the starting point for me to become more and more worried. And four years ago, I decided to try to do something myself and founded We Don't Have Time. And what I would like to add is the time frame here. I mean, the name of our organization is We Don't Have Time. And what we mean is that we don't have time to wait. We need to act now. And that is very, very clear because it was nine years ago myself started to get to know this issue and started to engage for the climate and today it's less than nine years left until the year 2030 and that's a real deadline where we have to half the world's emission before that and we all have nine years left nine years is a very very short time period but we could do a lot in nine years but we can't wait Absolutely. Each year we learn about how severe the impacts of climate change will be and how far-reaching. It's not just something that will happen in some far-off place. It's going to impact everyone everywhere. Now, you founded We Don't Have Time in 2017. Can you tell us about what the inspiration behind this was and a little bit about the process of starting a climate-dedicated social media platform? Practically all the global leadership is failing us. And if they are not going to solve this problem, who will? So that's where I started to think, could I use my skills to try to help out? The problem is that the climate crisis is a global crisis. We can only solve it if we work on a global level and we have a short time period to act. And uh, I started to look at other areas where people have succeeded to create global change in a very, very short time period. And social media networks are those companies that have changed the world on a global level for better and for worse, but they have changed it in a very short time period. So that's where the idea to create a social network focus on the climate crisis and try to use that technology in order to create fast global change. How do you see the role of social media in sparking climate action in this decade of action? I will say that social media is very important, but what's most important is communication. 
Many people see communication as something that you need to do when you are doing the action. That the action is what is needed to be done and it's a good way to communicate it. I see it a little bit different. I see it like this. Communication is one of the most important climate action. But you can't just talk. You also need to act in order for your communication to be efficient. So it's as most important to communicate your climate action as doing it. But if you're only communicating, it's worthless. No one will listen to you. But other way around, if you're only doing climate action and you're not communicating it, you're not inspiring other people to follow, it doesn't matter. And this is true if you're a private individual that are trying to do more climate-friendly choices. You need to communicate it. You need to inspire others. Uh, and you need to also communicate and demand change from others. Uh, the very same thing is true for companies and organizations. It's not enough if you're succeeding with a target. If everyone else is failing, we will still fail. So everyone has an obligation to use their communication skills in order to leverage and amplify your climate action. But in order for people to listen to your communication, it's absolutely essential that you do the action and not just communicate. I agree with that, especially from the communication standpoint. When it comes to sustainability actions, especially from companies and some NGOs as well, there's a communication problem. Their messages are not always reaching the public or other companies on what they're doing. And as you said, this can inspire other people to do those actions in their everyday lives or businesses. So it's important to balance action with a strong communication message. Now, the We Don't Have Time platform has thousands of users. What have been some of the most promising solutions you've seen on your platform? What our platform is all about is two things, awareness and dialogue. The awareness is about that many people today are actually aware about the problem, how bad the climate crisis are. But not so many people are aware that we have all the solutions we need. We just need to implement and scale them and use those solutions. And it is as much important to communicate that we have the solutions as that we need to use them. So one part of We Don't Have Time platform is about sharing climate solutions and educate the world that it exists and other people could, other organizations could copy it and also encourage the ones that are implementing the solutions so that they will get motivated and doing more. So what we have seen on the We Don't Have Time platform is not just one solution. I will say it's the many solutions, that you have solutions everywhere. It's often so many problems when you look into the climate space. You have problems with everything we do, uh, everything from food production to how to build houses, etc. But there is actually solutions to many of those problems. You can build houses with green cement that are not emitting carbon emission. You don't need to stop building houses. You just need to build it differently. Agriculture, you can produce food in a different way that is more sustainable. It's a lot of solutions out there too, etc., etc. So I would say it's not one solution that is big on the We Don't Type Time platform, but it's a diverse area of many solutions. But most of those solutions are a challenge to implement on scale, and it's also today much more expensive to implement. 
So most businesses and organizations and individuals are not using them because either they don't know about them or when they know about them, they can't afford them. And that's why it's so important to actually change capitalism so that it will be cheaper to do the right thing and very, very expensive to do the wrong thing. And in order to make that happen, we have the other aspect of the We Don't Have Time platform, and that is the dialogue aspect, where you communicate directly with corporate leaders, political leaders, public figures. You can tell them what they are doing good, so that you will help them inspire others. You will help them have a courage to do things. And you can also tell the ones that are not doing enough to do more and tell them what they need to change. And if they don't change, that will create negative awareness about that company or political leader. And if you have negative awareness about your company, your brand, that will cost you. So the We Don't Have Time platform are helping making the bad choices more expensive and the right choices much cheaper and more profitable. So the We Don't Have Time platform is helping to hold climate offenders accountable for their actions. Yes, but it's also helping the ones that are acting to get more out of it and get more credit and get more encouragement and also inspire a lot of others to follow them. And that is something that we are quite alone doing in the climate space. It's a lot of activists out there that is very good at calling out and shaming corporate leaders when they are not doing enough and they are doing the total wrong thing. And that is absolutely something important that is very good that many people are doing. But we shall not forget to give credit to those who are doing the right thing. And positive feedback is something that is not so common out there. And I actually believe that positive feedback could be a much more efficient enabler for change compared to negative feedback. But you need both in order to drive change. Who can join the platform? It's for everyone. So today we have members in over 140 countries using it. And it's everyone from a beginner that don't know so much at all about the climate and environment to people that work with this every single day that are sharing their knowledge to the other users, etc. So it's a really community where people are helping each other and focusing on trying to find solutions to the problems. And if a company is doing something wrong, our community love them if they are asking for help and trying to change. I love it when I see corporate leaders, corporation or political leaders admit that they were wrong. I think that's the best way of leadership is to admit that you're not perfect, but that you could change your decision if you receive better information. And one example of what role the We Don't Have Time platform actually could play here is Elon Musk and Tesla. A couple of months ago, Elon communicated that his companies were starting to receive payment in bitcoins. And that's not a good thing for the climate because bitcoins is so energy inefficient. One bitcoin transaction is about like 500,000 normal credit card transactions. So it's really, really not good. It's consume a lot of energy and a lot of fossil fuels, etc. So you could question a green energy car company to receive payments in bitcoins. And that is something we saw a lot of engagement in our platform talking about this and talking about this with Tesla and Elon Musk. We sent all the conversation to his team, etc. And a couple of months later, he made a statement, sold all his bitcoins and told everyone that Tesla will not use this because it's not environment friendly. That is a great leadership because 
great leadership is about listen to people, listen to fact, and change accordingly. Absolutely. To be a good leader, you have to admit when you're wrong and not just double down defending what you're wrong about. It's great that the We Don't Have Time platform could be a catalyst for that conversation. Now, in April, We Don't Have Time hosted its second Exponential Climate Summit. Can you share with us some of the key takeaways and calls to action from this event? Yes, we have a long history. We did the world's first digital climate conference already on Earth Day 2018. And today is kind of strange because today with Corona, everyone is are doing those global digital events. But the world hasn't done that for as long. And we have a great tradition of doing really, really global broadcast with many, many viewers out there. And on this Earth Day, we host the fourth annual Earth Day conference where we were focusing on the finance because finance plays a great role in how businesses are operating. If you don't give bad companies access to investments, that is a huge change maker. And also the other aspect, if you invest in those companies working for solutions, that is also amplifying them and helping them. So money is a great change maker where you can stop giving money to the bad ones and start giving money to the good ones. So we focus on the finance and what we see here and what you can learn when you watch the conference, we had speakers from everything from big, large asset management firms to smaller firms that are really niche in this and activists and everything in between. And what we see here is it's uh, a lot of things happening in the finance industry for climate, but as in all other areas, it's moving too slow. So it's more talk than action and we need to step up the action and continue the talk, of course, but we need more action. So that is our conclusion. But we also saw that finance is actually something that are driving change fast. And what we're now going to see and already started to see is the conversation when asset managers need to ask questions from journalists, etc., why they are still investing in oil. The conversation nowadays are not just about the ethics. It's also about why are you losing your customers' money by still investing in oil. So I will say investments and the finance industry is a big enabler for catalyzing change. And this has just begun this transformation and the finance industry is going to play a huge important role. But we need it to happen a little bit sooner than it will happen by itself. Definitely. A recent report found that 60 of the world's largest banks have collectively put $3.8 trillion into fossil fuels since the Paris Agreement was signed. Now, given your expertise, what advice do you have for people who want to use their money more sustainably? Do your research and try to work with a bank or an asset manager that don't just have a climate-friendly choice that you can choose without one of many. Instead, try to hire the bank that's having a sustainability within their whole operation. And that's not so easy to find, actually. But there are some examples out there. And use Google and educate yourself about where you could find the financial players that are really walking the talk here. Not just having some of their funds to be climate friendly, but all of their funds, etc. And finance industry is kind of tricky because it's different from country to country. So you, you need to find them and it's hard to find them. And most big asset managers, they are still doing a lot of strange things in the fossil fuel industry. So if you can't find 
this bank or asset manager that can help you. What you can do instead is to talk to the ones you already have a relationship with and, and be a really, really pain in the ass to have them to change. What message do you have for companies hesitant to make the transition to more sustainable, climate-positive practices? Start somewhere and uh, start with what you can do right here, right now. And if you're not an expert, and most companies that are starting are not expert, obviously, don't be afraid to involve your stakeholders, your existing customers, your existing employees, etc., etc., if you have many of them, probably you will find the ones that are engaged in the climate already and are willing to help. So my advice is don't be afraid to ask for help and listen to people that are engaged in this. Go to Weedon a time and get help of doing it. But you can also just ask your existing employees in your business. Take a big meeting and involve them. Can you tell us about any future events or projects? Yes, we have big plans for the Climate Week NYC in September. We are going to make a new broadcast where we're going to focus on the circularity because we have a huge, huge challenge in front of us. That is how we're going to have all the resources to last when we're going to electrify all the transportation, when we're going to build renewable energy and batteries, etc., etc., and what's happening now is that we are doing the same mistake when we built the last society from fossil fuel. We're now risking of repeating that mistake. So it's very important that we are already from the beginning or doing things in a circular way where we're not throwing away the battery when it's not working anymore, but where we could reuse it over and over again in a circular way. It's very, very important that we don't just solve today's short-term problem, but we also have a much, much uh, longer time perspective when we're building the new fossil-free society. Thank you, Ingmar. Before we go, do you have anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Yes, I will say this year is going to be a very important year. We didn't have a climate meeting last year because of the corona. Hopefully, we're going to have this climate COP26 meeting in Glasgow this year. We are going there and we're going to have daily broadcasts within Glasgow and the diplomatic zone. And we're going to do what I think the United Nations should do. Uh, we're going to invite everyone to participate through us in a more digital way. Because the climate meeting can't just be for diplomats and politicians and, and big corporation leaders. Everyone should be involved in this because it concerns everyone. And I think the only way forward for the climate solutions to actually succeed is to invite and engage as much people as possible. And that's where the Paris Agreement has failed so far. People are not engaged in the Paris Agreement. Most people don't even know how it works. So in order to have the Paris Agreement succeed going in the future, we need to involve civil society and as many people as possible. Thank you so much for joining us, Ingmar. All right, that's it for today. We Don't Have Time, a social network for everyone who wants to be part of the solution to the climate emergency. In order to curb climate change and make our societies more sustainable, we need everyone everywhere to take part. Be sure to sign up for the app and we'll see you there. Please join us next time for another episode of the Planetary Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Planetary Podcast. Please subscribe, support, and share with your friends. And be sure to visit www.theplanetarypress.com for the latest news in sustainability, climate change, and the environment.